So here is a very special compilation, especially for International Women's Day. Now, in many of my podcast interviews, I often pose the question, what does feminine energy, what is that little special something that feminine energy can bring to a conversation or a situation? And I love the diversity of responses. I'm going to kick off with this first one with Joe Bowles. And the reason I wanted to kickstart with this one is because I love the response, because for most of her career, she has worked in a very strong, male-dominated corporate setting. Enjoy her responses. You know, whoever you're working with, whatever gender, there is a benefit for just infusing a little bit of feminine energy to it. Can you describe maybe (laughs) moments that a little bit of feminine energy went a long way, especially when I think of your background and, you know, and level of working, who you may be working with, like, what's the benefit of a little bit of a feminine touch, a bit of sparkle? Yeah. Um, I mean, as as you know, my background is investment banking. And so um, for for most of my career, I've had to almost look at the the role models of of the men and the women that I've worked with. It's a very, um, what I think of, in terms of, you know, the masculine energy of, you know, digging deep and working harder and, you know, having a having a problem, you know, that you get sort of the bit between your teeth and you just keep going. Um, I think the feminine energy is more um, compassionate and being able to to acknowledge that um, sometimes working harder isn't isn't the way uh, to achieve something. I'm not saying that it's not about hard work. It's just there is a difference. Um, and I think that I've, I certainly know that my leadership style has changed significantly once I started acknowledging um, the different parts of me and how, how I can bring that into the corporate world, um, rather than simply trying to behave like everyone else. And do you think that there's also this, you know, because I, I too yesterday met with a few mums from the school and we were all standing in a group outside the cafe. It hadn't opened yet. <laughs> it was like no pressure open the cafe but this other woman joined us that wasn't part of like our mother group but couldn't help but notice the power if you like the energy of our group coming together and she talked about experiences where you know she meets up with certain friends and you know she said we've got through menopause we've got through parenting (laughs) together and Again, do you th- think that in in guiding and coaching that actually there's a huge benefit as well of gathering more than just one-on-one and gathering actually groups of people together? Yes, definitely. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, Rising Circle, and I think that's a classic example of that. Mm. Um, it's it's the power of, of meeting with like-minded people doesn't only have to be along gender lines but it's people who are um, willing to be vulnerable and to support each other Um, and I know that uh, just being just being a member of that group and feeling completely safe with no matter what I share even though I in fact I don't think I've ever physically met anybody in that group even though there are a large number of Australian participants (laughs) um, I haven't physically met anyone but I feel such an affinity with those women because we've been able to be, we get really deep really quickly, um, which is amazing. You know, people you've never met outside of, you know, on a, on a screen 
um we know you know we know some pretty deep dark secrets <laughs> oh that there's no small talk in rising circle <laughs> no there's no small which is why it makes it so powerful because you're not talking about the weather you we, you know we are we're talking about menopause we're talking about addiction we're talking about um so many um really important conversations which for many of us we don't have other outlets to to, to do that and actually, yeah, then there's obviously been, you know, rife sense of loneliness and things like that. So actually being able to connect, even from the comfort of your home with women all over the world is, is pretty special. So, yeah, we're very grateful for that. Now over to Lindsay Randerson. And we actually did an interview on wellness in midlife. And I loved the way that she described feminine energy in an exchange of energy with a, a male customer on one of the retreats. Listen in. And do you think some of that magic comes from the feminine energy, however you kind of interpret femininity and feminine energy? Do you think that little, I always think it's like a little sprinkle of magic um, that a a woman can bring to the conversation, because I assume that you have male and female clients. So, you know, what benefit do you think there is of having that little bit of femininity thrown into the mix? Oh, it's just everything. You know, it's just everything. I think if you can listen and communicate and really just talk and, and, and be conversational and it doesn't have to be then um heavy and uh I guess weight of the world sort of stuff on your shoulders you know there is there is some light and there is some magic and life is about looking at, at some of those and exploring that a little bit more and you know it's been it's tough you know it's some of this is you know tough stuff and uh I guess I I would like to say I'm a little bit of the sprinkling of the dust you know the fairy dust over so that whatever that looks like that's what I'll try and do you know that's what I'll try and do is to you know really give that hope move people towards that desire and and sort of dream whatever that looks like for them um, and, and that's really where I absolutely love what I'm doing at the moment, you know, and the same, you know, same thing in retreat, you know, in Portugal, Andrew says, you know, um, leave the baggage at the front door. OK, in, in fact, it's a physical thing, isn't it? You know, you leave your luggage at, at the door and you walk in as you and they come that you know very much it's a okay it's a wellness retreat and it's nutrition but you know what does that mean um and they go on this journey and and to begin with you know you can see this sort of rabbit in the headlight oh I don't really know what I've signed up for one guest who you know who, who arrived with her um partner straight from you know a golf retreat um a, a golfing holiday and hadn't read the small print um so thought there was you know all, all sorts of stuff that wasn't actually there at all but she said oh you know it's going to be fine it's going to be fine and, and and turned up and and he was horrified when he first arrived you know he was like well where's the bar <laughs> and he went there's no bar here at the door you're you're you by tuesday and wednesday the magic starts to happen and by Thursday, Friday, it's incredible. And Saturday, when all these lovely guests then head home, there's a real collective energy of just this feminine, amazing energy. And it's not just women, but the last one in October, actually, there was 24 women and the energy was incredible. That feminine energy was high 
way high you know it was superb and really deeply opening and vulnerable and sharing and caring and nurturing and it was just a, the most amazing week ever. Now over to Bodhini Radaya who actually goes on to tell us about this beautiful story some stories that are actually embedded in her yoga training and really a, a, I guess an invitation to really explore femininity just a little bit more deeply. Some of our answers might be in feminine energy. So I was kind of thinking about the importance of bringing feminine energy to a situation, to anything in life. And obviously when we think about in your particular world with yoga, with meditation and with teaching, you know, what shift do you think people should expect when we do bring our femininity to the situation? I guess it depends how we define feminine um, because in yoga you know we have uh, the principles of shiva and shakti so shiva um, and shakti they're they're seen as the feminine and masculine principles because the sanskrit language has feminine and masculine words yes. um, but i guess really you could say they're more like the the mother and father principle um mm. And they both have qualities that are the same and overlap. Yes. Uh, they, they can both be whatever they want to be. Um, but, but Shakti, the, the feminine principle or the mother principle, she is the power, the energy that brings uh, con Shiva's consciousness to life. So, um, you know, she brings everything into the physical, into the material, into actual form, whereas otherwise, you know, we would just be floating ideas, <laughs> <laughs> just nothing, you know, just ideas that, you know, that don't come to fruition. So whereas uh, sometimes people describe feminine to me as as soft or receptive and and both Shiva and Shakti can can be like that. Um, so. Um, you know, and, and just recently I've been reading about Shiva and Shakti in the form of Bhairava and Bhairavi, where they they both, you know, look quite um, terrifying. You know, they have fangs, uh, they, they look, you know, like they basically walk around naked and dirty and, and Shiva has a dog, which is seen as, you know, kind of like hanging out with the unsavorable <laughs> creatures because, wow. you know, like whilst we all love dogs, dogs have a different kind of representation um, in other parts of the world. And um, and so they can, yeah, they can kind of, I to me, Bhairava and Bhairavi represent the parts of us that we don't like looking at right okay. uh the, you know the things that we find difficult about well not just even about ourselves but also about mm. about the world and whilst they look terrifying um you know they both are really a way of of loving grace to you know the teachings of Bhairavi and Bhairava are very much you know how to embrace those those kind of um terrifying darker uh, bits that we want to avoid you can't have one without the other mm. um, so I guess I don't think of necessarily anything I think what the problem is in the modern world is the patriarchy really it's not so much knowing what feminine and masculine means I think because 
they mean different things to different people. And I guess from a young age, I always felt that on a soul level, uh, I am neither gender, but yet I'm both at this, I have the qualities of both mm. at the same time, whatever that means, because now as an adult, I can see that, you know, in those different representations of Shiva and Shakti, they all encompass everything. Mm. Uh, there's there's nothing that's more feminine and more masculine. It's just that um, they often refer to Shiva as being like the universal stage and Shakti being the actresses that play every single part. Mm. So, she, you know, we're, we're all both of them. Mm. So I find it quite hard, I guess, to to know at the moment what I consider to be particularly feminine other than just, yeah, Shakti creates, you know, gives birth to life really, mm. to, to consciousness. As I think because of the patriarchy, they've kind of conditioned us into believing masculine is this and feminine is that. And so I think the idea of both has become quite confusing Mm. Um, perhaps um, going forward and with that yeah. balance if you like but it's mm. maybe yeah. sometimes it will be like a, a shift like a rise of one in one moment a rise yeah. of another but ultimately you're trying pretty wherever possible it's not always easy to stay balanced and yeah in equilibrium but there may be situations that call for one to sort of rise or one to kind of lower a little bit just so that it, it, it can be feel balanced when you're actually going through the situation yeah it's one of exploration isn't it for sure it is definitely yeah and because every culture um and even you know a lot of religions have different ideas about what you know feminine and masculine means so um yeah I think it's a really good thing to explore especially at these times what what it really means to us it's a, it's you know it comes back to the whole me being a truth seeker thing again yes. I think <laughs> And also, yeah, I think that's a beautiful invitation to invite people to actually go and explore it and see how mm. they feel about it rather than this is this and this is that. And finally, when I posed the question of feminine energy to Rose Rokins on the conversation, the importance of conversation around the topic of suicide, I feel that her response with what feminine energy can bring to a conversation is essential for us all to know. And there's something that I guess I'd like to expand upon, you know, in this moment as well. I've noticed that you have directed courses towards men only at times, um, certain sort of periods throughout the year. And I guess I'd really love to understand um, about the importance of bringing a little bit of feminine energy uh, into what you do and, and into the conversation. You know, what shift should we expect when we do bring that feminine energy to it? Mm, that's a really good point yeah we do and we don't do women only courses three quarters of suicides are men uh yes and I have and I and I one of my many times I get imposter syndrome is when we're talking about you know we're looking with men I think oh not one but of course we men need women to talk about their issues just as we all just need to be allies with each other don't we and, and champion causes the feminine energy that we bring to it well I guess there is something about um the way that women communicate with each other you know this is a case in point we listen to each other we really want to hear we give time we give space we're less likely to run in with a solution 
um, and fix, try to fix a problem. Not all of us. I mean, gosh, I was a natural rescuer. I feel like I'm a rescuer in recovery. <laughs> I really have to pull it back when I'm when I'm still doing, you know, this this work. If I'm, you know, doing an intervention with somebody, um, as I've done hundreds of times, you know, in my working life, in my frontline work, more my god the pull when somebody's sitting in front of you saying i'm in pain for these reasons and this is what's going on the pull to say well here's what you could do yes. i've got a what about this have you thought about this well mm-hmm. to me the answer is obvious you should be doing this you know my brain's going full full pelt with that stuff and holding it back knowing that actually that is there is no place for that in this conversation and i think there's something about a feminine energy where we're able to sort of learn that point and yeah hold back on on offering that advice yes because it's our advice it's our solution not theirs yes um and even if we're working with I remember work I remember sitting with a a 13 year old in a cafe um who had been thinking who was thinking of suicide and you know we, we I'd met her through a project I was running the pull to solve her problems was so strong she's a young woman very young woman and yet if I start leaping in, even almost at that age, it was like so much better that she finds her own solutions and I then support her in those, which is exactly what happened. If I come in and say, you need to do this, I'm just another adult saying, telling her what to do mm-hmm. and saying, you're not capable of fixing your own problems. Yes. She was far more mature than I guess most people would give any 13 year old credit for and just by sitting with her she was safe while we were sitting together in the cafe she was perfectly safe we were talking about some very difficult things which were not safe the conversation but we but she was physically safe right now so while we were talking and actually having it you know she was able to say things out loud that perhaps she hadn't said before that released that that released some of that pain Mm. And, and you know when we started moving through the conversation she was able to go this is really helping talking to you. And I said, right, well, what do you learn from that? She said, I need to keep doing this. I need to talk to others. I'm like, okay. And of course, inside I'm like, yes, yes. Well, what do you want to do about that? So it's always back on this person, not, not, not fixing that, their, their problems. She found her own. She said, I, 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 I want my mum here. I, and I want to talk to so-and-so at school. And okay, well, we've got their numbers. All right, well, look, let's make a note. We'll do that in a minute. Let's keep talking. No, not rushing it not leaving yes. phew let's call your mum right away hold yeah. off like that will happen mm. and it will happen with much more meaning if I keep building this trust and not rushing her and she's going at her pace yeah. you know by the end she was she was held and, and not just by me that's really important any conversation around suicide must be more than two people it starts yeah. with two that's how that's the power of it that's the connection 10 15 minutes 20 minutes half an hour in you're involving other people and it's not, you know, it's not hours and hours. It mustn't be. It's a first aid intervention, essentially, when somebody's thinking of suicide. We haven't got hours and hours. We go yeah. around in circles. Yeah. Of- yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, keep it focused. Let's get you safe. But, um, yeah, you must never be the only one ever. That's never the deal that you're the only one holding yeah. thoughts, somebody else's thoughts of suicide or your own, ideally. Yeah. Because, yeah. of course, that there could then you're involved to a point where, of course, if anything were to happen, it would sort of almost feel like it lands on you I guess oh it's it's not fair on anybody Mm. um but we want to get to a place where we're talking to somebody where they feel where there's so much trust um connect and connection and rapport and genuine like sort of we're in this together feeling like a collaboration 
and you've listened without judgment, without trying to fix, that they see the value in that. I keep talking about they and us. I'm really very conscious of that because I, I speak a lot in my sessions about not, there is no such thing as them and us. Um, and yet for the purposes of trying to describe how things work, you know, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, well, certainly when you're working with audio, it's, it's, I would appreciate that's fine to. Yeah. I, I guess just a, as a little aside though, any, any of us can think of suicide. I don't want to be like, I'm okay. I just help them. You know, there is just none of that <laughs> because I have been there myself I've thought about suicide I've considered it um not got as far as acting on those thoughts but you know none of us are vulnerable none of us are immune from those thoughts it's arguably a part of being human so um yeah. and I think it's natural for it to cross your mind as well if you've experienced or listened in to it as a quite an intense topic it's I'd imagine it you know it is like you're going to sort of almost your your imagination or your thoughts and naturally can go there and just Mm. because it's fluid in the world and you're you're hearing about it so it is natural you might check in with yourself and say do I feel like that yeah I feel like that yeah and then when circumstances you know occur in your life and it's interesting and scary very scary when it gets to a place where you think oh it's an option oh that's something I could do and then you know more often than not for me anyway it's very fleeting I think oh no no that's that's not what I want to do (laughs) but it's interesting that it's it's there as a again you've acknowledged it which you talked about at the very beginning the importance of awareness and Mm -hmm. radar even on yourself so yeah really beautiful and I guess with feminine energy Mm -hmm. um what has been brought is that trust safety um I guess compassion and you know that that deep listening that being you know hearing somebody else and and then I guess it's empowering I think it's fair to say um, and yeah. women have often a, an ability to help rise you know raise um you know people to make their own decisions and it's, mm. it's just about lighting the way sometimes and maybe offering a little bit of a beacon along the way. Thank you for choosing to celebrate International Women's Day with these little snippets from my podcast, Women Who Should Be Famous, where we get to listen to the variety of female voices out there that need to be heard. So stay with us here on Spotify and enjoy the episodes in their entirety. Take your pick. There's plenty here.